kiddos, I think it's your turn to go downstairs. Do we know what you're going to be learning about this morning? Is it a secret? Yeah? I, uh, I really do appreciate the investments that are being made um, with our children. Right? It, uh, the things that we've been teaching in youth and junior church and, uh, and SWAD, it's all, sometimes I really do think we take it for granted. You know, even, even just understanding the songs that we're singing in the hymns, um, it's powerful truths, powerful truths. So turn with me to, to Luke chapter 1, and uh, that's where we'll be this morning, the, the powerful, powerful truths. Just as we get geared up for Christmas, um, part of me wanted to move forward to the, the actual birth of Jesus, but then God was just saying, well, we're doing a different service next week. The kids are going to be with us, so why not just pause? And so I, I took a little bit extra time looking, looking at verse 80 of, of Luke chapter 1 and just, just what God gives us, what Luke is giving us as far as truths um, towards John, his ministry, and how he was called to prepare the coming um, of the Lord Jesus Christ as a man in his ministry. Uh, really... The, the, the over, over thought for this morning is how do we read our Christmas story? Right? As, we, as we read through it, I know many of us have the, the practice, and it's an awesome practice of opening the Bible and reading through um, a couple chapters of either Matthew or Luke and having the kids gather around, and it gets our, our focus where it needs to be. But there is a, a, a question that needs to be asked as you read that. Do we read the Christmas story from Scripture as a story? Or do we recognize as we read through these truths, it comes with the authority of God? As we read through these truths, it comes with a command of obedience. Right? Think, why did Jesus come? What message did He bring? Jesus came with, with the message of repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? The authority of the, the Word behind Him. And, and John the Baptist's ministry was no different. So as we read these Christmas narratives, we need to read them with God's authority, commanded obedience. There needs to be a reverence to that. And that's just going to be the, the over, over thought there. The Word in Christmas. Where is the authority? Where is the command? And uh, just uh, let me open up in a word of prayer and we'll, we'll get into it this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we do just thank you again for this time. Lord, even as we're, we're hearing the kids in our service, Lord, I, I'm so thankful for that. Thankful for, for you raising up godly parents that, that faithfully bring their children out because that is becoming a thing of the past. I thank you for raising up godly grandparents that sacrifice their time to bring their children to church to learn about you. Lord, and I can't help but think even with the topic that we're looking at and the authority of God's Word and the commanded obedience, that probably has a, something to do with why people don't. I pray this morning as we work through this text, we'll see the power of Your Word, the authority of Your Word. We'll see where it needs to find its, its place in our own Christmas season this year. And we just pray these things in Your precious name. Amen. It, uh, the authority of God's Word, um, where, does it, where does it fit in? Romans 10.17, 
Right? If I was to say there, we know that we know that verse. It's been coming up a lot in my personal life, in the life there is. I've, I've interacted with a lot of MBBI students, our youth group. Right? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I don't need to explain that. That's pretty self-explanatory. How how does your faith grow? The word of God. How does your faith stay strong? The word of God. How does your faith begin? The word of God. Right? Without the word of God. Um, the definition of faith is not faith. It no longer stays faith. So it's with that Romans 10.17 that I began pondering through the last part of, of this hymn that Zacharias gives us, and then verse 18. I'd like to just read it with you and, and think with me. If there's no Word of God, then there's no faith. And think of the task that John the Baptist was to be given. Verse 76 of Luke chapter 1 says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people by the remission or the forgiveness of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring or the light, okay, and we'll look at that again, the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Each one of those different points is speaking towards the Word of God that John was to bring. Right? Each one of those things is talking to a reform that the Word of God would do. And then we have verse 80. So the child grew and became strong in spirit. Kids grow, don't they? Well, Grayson's not going to stay small for very long. I think Judah, I missed his walking stage because he just went from crawling to running everywhere, right? Children grow, and if they didn't, there'd be something wrong, (laughs) right? But here we have this child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. I'm going to try not to get ahead of myself. When I think of that Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, here we find Israel had no faith. Right? Easy enough said. Israel had no faith in this place. God's people did not believe. The children of God's people did not believe. The rulers of Israel had no faith, did not believe. Society did not believe. When you understand that without faith, right, their lives amounted to nothing. Right? Their lives, and, and, and that doesn't even sound right as I'm saying that. But there's only one way that you can live pleasing before God, and that is living in obedience by faith to God's Word. So this nation with no faith, with no belief, not living in accordance to the Word, that their lives were amounting to nothing. Now, don't get, me, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're precious in God's eyes. They're chosen people, right? Their souls are important to God. But when you're living not according to God's Word, your lives amount to nothing. Their futures, nothing. There was nothing ahead of them without the Word of God, without faith. Um, their eternities, there was nothing ahead of them without the Word of God. I read through why John the Baptist was to come with the Word of God? It was because this was the state of Israel. He was to bring the Word. That was going to be the change. These once God-fearing homes in Israel, 
were about to be exposed to the Word of God that John the Baptist brought. These once God-fearing homes um, were now heathen in this time. They were lost without the Word. God's chosen nation was going to, and we don't often think about this, God's chosen nation, because they were rejecting God, were going to hell by their own choices. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the, the Word of God. And then I look at the ministry that John the Baptist is coming, and it takes on a different tone, a little bit more reverence to us. And we see God's plan as we, we look at verse 76. And you, child, and we know this is John's father talking to this eight-year-old baby, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. What did prophets do? They brought God's Word. They brought His message. They brought His, his judgment. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways. How did John prepare Christ's ways? With the words of God. Right? He didn't just pick out ideas and come up with his own philosophies. He used the words of God to prepare the way for Christ. To give knowledge of salvation to this people who, who had no faith. Who were hellbound because they were making their own choices. Living as heathens. To give knowledge of salvation to his people. How is that done? Through the word of God. Right? Remission of sins. How, how do we even explain today how to be forgiven? It's not an idea. It's the words of God. Through the tender mercy of our God with the day spring on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. You can see how that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God stuck in my heart this week. God's plan was to give them the Word of God, His children, Israel. Give them the Word of God so that they had no excuses. And we can go further in the New Testament about the testator that, 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 that pointed out the sin. Right? That was Jesus as He came. God's plan in John's life, we see the plan, and then in verse 80 we see kind of a pause in the wilderness. It kept coming back to the Word being the center of God's plan. And even in verse 80, it kept coming back to the Word of God being the center of this pause we see in verse 80. Do you remember the study we did last year from the Gospel of John where we talked about the Word, right? Capital W. Right? And I think to myself here, John was going before the Word with the Word of God. And you pause for, for any time thinking about God's design. Like any time God um, was going to appear to His people, He sent His Word before them first. And we remember that Word in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. That Word Logos spoke to Jesus coming as the source of life. Right? Jesus coming as the light that would shine in the darkness. Creator God coming Himself. And then you think to yourself, what would God send before His coming? His own words. His own words that, 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 that would speak um, beyond any human words could ever ever touch. John was to go to before the Word with the Word of God. We also need to understand this morning that John the Baptist, and, and if we were to turn back in the, our Bibles, uh, verse 15, where the angel Gabriel says he will also be filled with the Spirit. Right? Filled with the Holy Spirit. We understand that as John the Baptist went before the Word, source, 
light creator with the words of God, John went in the power of the Holy Spirit. John was indwelt with the same Holy Spirit that every believer in Christ is indwelt with. Right? That's something to really reckon with. Right? If, if you're in the, the, the church this morning and, and you've, you've been in that place where you've recognized that you're a sinner, we're all born sinners, and that sin separates you from a relationship with God. You recognize that Jesus came and He was born in a manger, lived a sinless life and went to the cross, shed His blood as payment for my sin, and you've asked for forgiveness of sin. You've asked Him to be your personal Savior. You've you've turned from your old ways and and given yourself to Him. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. That's a neat promise from Ephesians. right? That is your guarantee of inheritance. He's your comforter. He's your guide. That same Holy Spirit that led John in his ministry dwells within you. The second thing we need to think about in that is as you look at this ministry that John was to have, John was commissioned. right? And this commission there is simply to take the words of God before Christ. So he's indwelt with the same Holy Spirit and he's commissioned with the exact same thing that we are. Go therefore and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. So we, we, we see the Word of God in this passage. We recognize He's indwelt with the same Holy Spirit that we are, and He's commissioned with the same commission that we are. Take the words of God to these lost people. Whether they're Hindu, whether, whether they're in Mexico, that, that is our commission. We don't do it on our own. This was God's plan. John went before Christ as a prophet. Um, John went before Christ preparing the way with the words of God. He gave knowledge of salvation. Words of God. The plan was to use God's words to proclaim the purpose for Christ's coming. And I just want to grab a couple words from this that really, I don't know, I'm just beginning to scratch Scratch the surface in my understanding of God's plan of salvation. When we, when we reach verse 78, as, as John is taking God's words to proclaim the purpose for Christ's coming, we see through the tender mercy of our God. Right? That mercy, and again, just getting that definition, it's us not getting what we deserve. Right? We remember Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. Right? Without the Lord Jesus Christ, without us placing our faith in Him, we are deserving of death. That, that we know the outcome of that is hell, but we are un, we, mercy is not getting what we deserve. Israel deserved death. Israel deserved, and, and they had one outcome for that, and John was taking the words of God explaining to them The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. He's come and He's going to pay that price. For God so loved the world. Don't ever get tired of this verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son in your place, in my place, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can't explain that any other way than using the words of God. God's mercy needs to be explained this way. 
John goes with the words of God to explain the light, the day spring that on high that has visited us. And we know all through John and Scripture that day spring, that light sheds light on darkness. Right? And we've heard many, many illustrations on that. But then I, I put myself in the seat of the sinner, which isn't that hard to do. <laughs> right? The day spring has come. That light is shining on the sinner and it exposes sin. Now most of the time, that's an awkward place to be, which is good. When God's light and, and the Holy Spirit is, is revealing that sin in your life, it's exposing it. But then I began thinking about Israel. Not all those sinners, not all those people they are stuck in the, the spirals that they were in wanted to be stuck. Right? People get tired of sinning. People get tired of crawling on their hands and knees through the muck and the mire of the pig pen, and, and they need that light. They're looking for that light. And there's only one way to explain that light, that day spring, that light of Jesus Christ, and that is through the Word of God. There's no other way to explain that. Thought to myself, just even that message, the day spring's coming and you can be saved from fill in the blank. You can be saved from those tendencies. You can be saved from, from what that's doing to your marriage. You can be saved from that. And it's no wonder people flock to the river in repentance to John's ministry. He was preaching the words of God. No other thing there can bring that about. John used God's words to bring that guide. And you meditate on that, that, that guide that the Lord Jesus Christ came and brought, and then you go to your Gospels and you look at those red letters. Those red letters that, that I need to read a lot more. That is, that is my guide. Proverbs is good and at all points, and there's so much wisdom here, but, but, but to watch as Jesus walked, the words that Jesus brought... Jesus was coming with the guide for these people that were lost. These people that were stuck. These people that just desired to be saved. To give light, verse 79, to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. I pictured not just sinning, violent thieves and murderers and all that. I pictured people tired and just needing to be delivered. To guide our feet into the way of peace. And isn't that what every person wants? They want that peace. They don't want to have to wrestle through life anymore. They want that peace that God promises. And we need to look at spiritual peace and that only comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's also a peace that comes as we surrender our minds and our hearts and allow the Spirit to lead us in the things of Christ. Everybody wants peace. Jesus came as a guide for when my feet stumble, when my feet fail me, when I find myself crawling. Israel needed this. I need this. Jesus came as a guide for when my mind plays tricks. Right? And I don't know whether you guys have, have these problems, but, but our minds start beginning to think things and we know our flesh pulls us away and we know that war and, and I don't have time to get into that, but our minds play tricks. I drew it for the Ephesians class as Satan's back here, our former master with a magnet. And any chance that, that he gets, he's going to pull us back and, and mentally there we can get bound and burdened. Jesus came to deliver us from that. Jesus came as a guide for when my emotions try and rule me. 
when my emotions try and rule me. And I know that we can all relate with that, whether it's, it's grief or despair or, or hurt or, or even some people get overly happy. Um, you know, it's just emotions try and rule me. Jesus came as a guide to walk us through that. But John didn't just come with his own words, his own philosophies, his own ideas and, and what he's learned from, from life. He came with the Word of God. He came to a people who desperately needed to turn back to the Word of God to, to lead them through these things. This morning I want you to recognize that Romans 10.17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is the only thing that will make any sort of change in your life. Right? And I know for, for the most part, we're always looking for some sort of change. A step towards godliness. A step towards holiness. A step just in any direction at all. We're looking for a change. The Word of God is the only thing that will bring any sort of change to your life. The Word of God is the only thing that will bring any kind of change to your family. It's the, only, it's the only thing that will reroute a compass. The Word of God is the only thing that will change the life of this community. It's not our, our opinions. It's not our thoughts. It's not our intents. It's not our events. It's the Word of God that will, will do that. It's the, that's what the Word of God does. Nothing else will bring faith back into, and I'll just call it a wilderness because that word's in, in verse 80. Nothing else will bring faith back into the wilderness we're living in other than the Word of God. Let me recap. This morning, you hold the same words of God that John the Baptist held. Think with me. You have the Old Testament. You have the words that He spoke. If nothing else, you have more. You have the same words that John the Baptist went before the Messiah with. I understand that there's lots more that we didn't record in inspiration of Scripture, but you have, you have biblically what he had in the Old Testament Scriptures as to who the person of God was, is, always will be. You hold the same words of God that John did, you are indwelt with the same Holy Spirit that John was. And I don't see uh, any, anywhere in Scripture where God changes. He's immutable. So the same Spirit wanting to work in the hearts and lives of Israel then is the same Spirit that wants to work in the hearts and lives of the people that we find ourselves interacting with and living around today. Today, you are faced with the same sinning, struggling, <laughs> Satan-bound people John was. I may even end early this morning. So what verses are you using? This Christmas season, we can all think of situations. We can all think of our own struggles. What verses are you using the world the unsaved that wayward christian face i see come in sunday mornings just time of year what have you 
They already have an opinion of God. They've already made it. They've heard it. They already have an opinion of God, just like Israel did. They don't need another one. John was to go before the Word, Source, Life, Creator, with the Word of God. We've been given an example, especially for this Christmas season. What verses are you using? Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I do, do think of that challenge. Um, I think of how many times in my own life when people looked to me for answers and I gave them opinion. How many people walking through crisis, walking through struggles, just struggling with life itself and I gave them a thought. But I'm also thankful, Lord, for the place where You've brought myself and many others as, as we continue to study together as a church, Lord, to that place where we have verses to share. We have mercy to explain using Your truth. We have a light through Your Scriptures to share and, and shed in this darkness that is just so prevalent around us. Lord, I pray that You would continue to equip us with that guide. Lord, that guide for when, when our emotions are trying to control us, when our mind is playing tricks. Lord, I pray that You continue to equip us. And Lord, if we're not in that place, if we're not in that place to use verses, I pray that You would put an unrest in our heart to the point where we either begin to study, we begin to read more, or we reach out and ask for help. Lord, we live in a, a dark, dark world that doesn't need more opinion. It needs more truth. Help us to take this under our belt this Christmas season as a church family and be a force to be reckoned with. Give us opportunities. Help us to do this together as a family. In your precious name, amen.